Good evening, everyone. This is Rich Duncan with Ink Heist. Um, Shane couldn't join me tonight, um, but today I'm happy to be welcoming back Violet Castro to the show. Um, if you're not familiar with her work, she's the author of uh, Maria the Wanted, Goddess of Filth, um, and her also her upcoming Flame Tree book, Queen of Cicadas, um, both of which I've read recently, and they're excellent. And <laughs> I'd like to uh, I'd like to welcome you back, Violet. How's everything been going? Yeah, thank. Well, first, thank you so very much for having me back. It's great to be, you know, talking with. Uh, friends and 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 people <laughs> yeah um, as I mentioned earlier you know we're still in the lockdown here till April 12th so it's been yeah it's it's cool to to talk to someone <laughs> yeah <laughs> us, us, uh, you know that uh, an adult but um, yeah thank you for having me I'm really excited about the books and uh, to talk about them and yeah I'm proud of them yeah, absolutely. They're but they're both excellent. And you know, it's funny. I didn't realize it until today. Um, but like how you had mentioned, you know, um, you guys are still in lockdown, and we are to some degree here. I just realized when I was going through things today that it's almost literally a year to the day um, that yep. you were on the show last. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Gosh. Yeah, it was it was right around, um, you know, when everything was just starting. Oh, my gosh. How time flies. Can you believe it's been a mm -hmm. year? It really. No, it, it, it's just how how, you know, things just can how they change, how things evolve that, you know, I was mm -hmm. uh, on the show and I was talking about uh, hairspray and switchblades and really trying to find my feet. Um, yeah. And now so much has has happened in a year and it happened in a, in a time of kind of crisis. So, um, yeah, it's 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 been a whirlwind year, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has felt like a year in the real world. But as far as like from the last time you were on, no, it's, it seems like just yesterday, mm. um, like just yesterday, you know, we've been um, you were kind of giving us the, you know, what you could of what eventually became goddess of filth. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you also kind you also, it's interesting you mentioned this because we've kind of been asking some of our guests about it. Um, like you had said, you had just released hairspray and switchblades and you were, you know, kind, like you said, kind of getting your feet under you. And now you've have, um, you released with um, Burial Day Books, and uh, you worked with Cena, the Latinx mm -hmm. Screen Anthology. You have uh, Goddess of Filth yeah. and uh, Queen of the Cicadas. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, everyone's had kind of differing reactions to, you know, the way the climate now has kind of impacted their creativity. And I was just kind of wondering, you know, what were what were your experiences, you know, with everything that was going on and like, um, you know, maybe how it played into your writing? Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of the things that are, are coming out for me now uh, were in the works before, you know, mm -hmm. things that I was uh, I mean, I was this time last year, I was pitching attempting to pitch uh, uh, the Queen of the Cicadas to agents um, and uh, Goddess of Filth was already in the works. But um, 
so all these things were done before the pandemic. And I know people are like, oh, my God, look at all this stuff. And this was this, <laughs> yeah. the publishing is slow. OK, and so <laughs> yeah. this was all pre pandemic. But as far as creativity, um, I it ebbed and flowed, but it was uh, I had a lot of creativity. And that is just me because it was with everything that was happening in the world, plus things that were happening with me personally um, inside. It just was my way of um, coming into my own, understanding the world, keeping myself busy. Um, and uh, so for me, the creativity kind of exploded and and uh, and I didn't really have kind of that that lull. Um, because I just felt like an explosion of emotion and and thoughts. But that's just me. You know, everybody processes differently. And mm-hmm. uh, I and I think, you know, we we shouldn't say like, uh, you know, oh, you're terrible for not being creative or, uh, you know, you you didn't produce a lot because, you know what, everybody deals differently. Everybody's unique. Um, so that was just my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally see that. You know, I'm kind of glad that um, like for you that, you know, it was kind of an outlet for you, like you said, to kind of go through things that were going on with you and that it kind of inspired you. Um, yeah. And I, you know, like you said, everyone's everyone's reaction has been different to it because, um, you know, you got a lot on your mind and things like that. But um, like, at least for me personally, um, it was kind of the same thing, except not really like an explosion of creativity, but (laughs) um, you know, it kind of everything that was going on, it kind of helped me to like, see like, you know, if I want to try this, you know, maybe now's the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the pandemic did that for a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it kind of like, open the curtains in your home we were all stuck in our individual homes but what it did was it opened the curtains for a lot of things because for the first time in a long time the world kind of stood still Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's that's always a time for reflection and that's always a time where you kind of uh yeah you just you you stop and um like you said, you know, well, now's the time. And I think a lot of people said that as well. And, and different things came out of that. Yeah. And another thing that I felt was interesting, and it's kind of funny that it came up organically, but it was one of the things that I had like jotted down. I think I was listening to, uh, I forget what episode, but of this is horror where they kind of mentioned that about, you know, like the publishing and, you know, like how sometimes people see like, you know, oh, and this author, you know, has three books coming out, or this author has, like, all this stuff, but, like, you had said you, a lot of these projects, you had started a little bit, like, um, beforehand, and, you know, I've Mm -hmm. never really thought about it until I heard that episode, Um, but, like, kind of what is it like, you know, as an author and a creative, like, you had, you know, you poured everything into these books, And, you know, they might have been done for a while. Like, is it weird when you kind of go to do, like, promotion? Because, like, you know, they are very important to you. But, like you said, you might have finished them, you know, at a different, you know, point in your life. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Because you, um, (laughs) you, 
you go through this whole process and you kind of um and then it's like oh wow it's here and people are actually going to be reading them but that's when you just have to kind of quiet your mind and say it's not mine anymore um i'm going to just sit back take a breather either work on what i have that i'm working on or you just like enjoy it like this is one thing that i think we kind of also forget to do as 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 writers and authors is just enjoy the moment um like it's it's you worked hard for it you did it you earned the right to sit down take a deep breath and be like i fucking did that you know you can do that there is nothing wrong you are not a machine you do not have to be like right unless you want to like go hop on something else which i i do but i also take a moment to just say like and 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 really enjoy savor the small things that come out of publishing but you know if it's a good review or um, someone like tagging your book, you know, mm-hmm. I always try to take a moment and, and sit with it and, and say my gratitude, even if I'm like really nervous and it, it's it triggers me in some way. Um, like that whole thought process of, OK, they like it, but what if this person doesn't like it or what if I did this or that? You, you know, you just have to kind of let it go. But, yeah, it's it's strange. But then it passes and you're like, oh, I did that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I also have like all these other like 20 word document tabs open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In various states of like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny you mention that because, you know, I'm sure every writer to some degree and regardless of stage, you know, like – myself like I haven't released anything I've been working on things you know kind of on my own sharing them with friends here and there and you know all the way up to you know like yourself and other writers who've put out a lot of books like I've always wondered kind of like what people's processes were like I know that there's always those fragments but like it's when you said that it made me laugh because like I I keep like folders for mine and I'll, you know, name it like whatever I name the story. And then you go in there and there's like these random bullet points that I had had, maybe like part of a draft is a separate document. Then like this rough draft is another document and then the final draft. And then, you know, sometimes people are like final, final draft because they went back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's funny, like too, and I don't know, you know, if this maybe plays into your process, like you said, you had all those tabs, like, do you usually like kind of do that sort of thing where you'll kind of like collect all these scraps and maybe not outline, it's not even like an outline or pants or thing, but you might have these scraps and then you sit down and kind of go, okay, how am I going to, you know, put all of these things together into a story if they work, you know, like that sort of process of editing those yeah, well, I think it's it's um, different for a short story versus a novel, but uh, I tend to have zero when I, I get an idea. Sometimes I'll either just have a little idea and I'm like, OK, I'll go into it and see what happens. Or it's an actual like, hi, would you like to we'd like you to uh, write a story for X, Y, Z anthology. This is the theme. Then you're kind of like, OK, I've got to kind of have an idea and I don't. 
And then I won't typically have like a beginning, middle and end. But I have written quite a few stories where I saw in my mind like a clear beginning, middle and end. And I'll write what I I feel and see. And then I go back and fill it in. But it's different for each thing I write, the process. Again, yeah. like anthologies, um, it, especially if it's an invite or something I'm interested in doing, then it's kind of, okay, you have to, because it's for someone else, it doesn't, um, unless I'm really like feel strongly about the, the theme, I'll kind of have to mull over it for a while and it'll, it'll trickle a lot slower than it would something that just organically pops up in my mind. Um, but I've also had many things, uh, longer pieces created out of rejected short stories and things that were like, okay, well, you know what, I'm just going to fuck around and see what happens with this. And you're like, oh, 5,000 words turned into 65. Look at that. (laughs) And just (laughs) honestly, you, for me, I don't like to put limits on myself I don't like to say, well, Joe Blow says this is how you have to do this or this or this or someone's doing that. I just sit down and just write and do what do my own thing the way it feels comfortable. And and for me, that's. um, That's kind of. How I connect, that's where I get my joy in writing. That's how I keep my joy is to keep it to what I like to do, how I like to do it. Yeah, and I think that's a good approach. You know, everyone's approach is different, but um, yeah. like kind of the same way as you is that, you know, like everyone has bits of writer's advice and, you know, it's always kind of a mixed bag. But I think that that's like a pretty good universal one that could work for everybody is, you know, write what kind of like makes you happy and excited. Like if you're trying to write something that doesn't excite you, then, you know why write it and yeah you know, or or even do a process that you don't like you know like if you read yeah. something an article like oh well they say real writers follow you know this kind of uh process uh and i i just don't vibe with it uh don't force yourself to vibe with something that doesn't doesn't work just do your own thing whatever gets you into the flow whatever gets the words down whatever feels good for me, that's that's how yeah. you should do it. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. And one interesting thing you said was kind of, you know, about your process is that, you know, some of your longer works had kind of started as like um, rejected short stories mm-hmm. or things like mm-hmm. that. And I, I think that's so fascinating. Um, we had uh, Gemma on a couple weeks ago, Gemma Moore, and um, yeah. oh, she kind of mentioned. Yeah, Emma. she 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 is the greatest and um, she's so cool. We we have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's so nice and you know, she kind of hit on something similar to what you had said um except for I think like the way we had gotten there was a little bit different, but um you know, how she was able to she said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, sometimes something may not work or you know, you don't think it works. But you can still kind of use those elements to kind of, you know, either craft, like work on it a little bit 
or, you know, turn it into something new, but you're not really ever losing those ideas. So I found that fascinating. And I was just curious, you know, um, like in your case, if you don't mind sharing, you know, what was something that kind of started as like a short and then you kind of morphed it into something different. And, you know, what was that like for uh, you? Goddess, Goddess of Filth was a short story that was rejected from a big anthology that, um, I really wanted to get, I really wanted to be accepted. I was like, well, this has a lot of great names. This would be great for me. You know, uh, so many rejections and it came back as a reject. And I was, I was a little upset. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I said, you know what, I'm just gonna, again, I am a big fan of the fuck it process, the fuck it attitude (laughs) where it's like, okay, you know, (laughs) fuck it. Um, If it's like not paying your bills, putting food on the table, not hurting anybody else, uh, fuck it. You know, so uh, I I said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm just going to work on it. But like, like, I am big enough to say this was rejected for a reason. Let me um, read it back. And, um, and I just started getting into the flow started like vibing with the characters and had the music going. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. And it turned into a novella. Yeah. And that's so cool to hear. And, you know, kind of talking about goddess of filth, you know, I remember when you had kind of shared with us kind of a little bit about it. Um, It's kind of cool to see, like, you know, you were able to take something you know, like you said, it it hurt, but you kind of just took it like, okay, maybe there wasn't something that was working. And it was cool that you were able to kind of take that idea and, you know, mold it into something that maybe even you didn't realize it at the time. But now that, you know, it's finished and it's form that it's in and it's coming out, you know, it might be something that you liked even more than like your um, original idea. I don't I mean, I would assume that's the case, but... um... Oh, 100%. 100%. I love it so much more. And and it was fun to write, but that's the thing. It was fun to do, and it was... uh, And to kind of see the transformation of it was great as well. And and then you get to where people actually... They, like, enjoy it, and they are... You, you know, that's that's wonderful. You know, I don't I, I I try not to put too much emphasis on like needing validation. And I try to detach mm-hmm. myself from the need of that validation. But I'm human. It, it feels good because you do work hard on it. But yeah, yeah, to like like, again, as I said, you stand back and you're like, take a deep breath. Wow, I did that. And this was this came from something that um I didn't think would go anywhere, but I, I stuck with it. I felt it in my heart to continue and, and, and look where we are. So, um, yeah, you just have to fill it out, you know, go with your instinct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I, you know, speaking of goddess of filth, when I started that based off of the little that Um, I knew about it, um, you know, from when you were on last time, you know, when I read that opening, it was just so, it was so perfect. Um, 
you know, you have these friends, Lourdes, Fernanda, Anna, Perla, and Pauline, and, you know, they're kind of having like a sleepover and they hold a seance. And, you know, I kind of expected a little bit, you know, a little bit of creepiness to kind of open it, but I was completely taken by surprise that like that whole, that whole first chapter, it it went from like, yeah, zero to a hundred in like the best possible way. And, um, you know, I know you had said it was kind of influenced by the craft a little bit or that you kind of wanted to, you know, some of that, like, from that movie. Um, But yeah, kind of what what was it like crafting that opening scene? I mean, at the time, like when you're writing it, obviously it was an idea that excited you. But like I said, in that first chapter, like it just ramps up so hard, like kind of what was the feeling like when you were writing that? And did you know that you kind of wanted to kickstart things off like at that like level of creepiness right off the bat? Uh, You know, people can can believe me or they're not. But this is the God honest truth. I had no intention. I had and like with most things I write. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't start out with any intentions. I don't start out with any preconceived notions of of how it's going to amp or this or that. I when I first sit down to write something, I first it's in my head, it's in my mind, it's it's a conversation, it's a it's just like a a short film, it's something, and then I just sit down and write it, and um. It's just the way I saw it. I, I really, honest to God, just was like, <laughs> I want to. I just want to take this a, a different way. I just want to approach possession differently. I don't know why. I didn't know how. I just did it. And um, and then as you go and you do another draft and another draft, then you start getting more into the details of, okay, well, this doesn't work or that doesn't work. But also shout out to the editors at Creature Publishing, Amanda and Olivia. They really are amazing guides. Editors are great guides. Um, mm-hmm. So um, they, <laughs> it just, all I can say is, you know, I like the craft. I like, I like the possession trope. And I thought, how can I, how can I make this into something um, really creepy and different that reflects who I am inside and what I feel and what I see. And then I just did it. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's so cool. Um, and, you know, you mentioned your editors at creature um, when you, did you pitch this to them as kind of like a finished draft or was this um, <clears throat> something that you had kind of like a longer form synopsis, you know, almost like something they do with like pit Med or something like that. Um, no, I so they originally wanted uh, another book, and I said no. I, I'm really, I really want an agent. I'm really, that's something. Um, but all agents they want like novel length. So I only had that other one novel, and I was kind of like, okay, I really need to hold on to this. But hey, I have something else, and I pitched them the whole idea, sent it, and they're like, yeah, that's great. Contract signed, and then I just. I finished the whole novella like way before it needed to be done because it just, it again, once I was like, okay, I have a contract for this. Um, like let's just go from zero to 100. And it just, I swear, it just kind of like, it just, it just flowed out. Um, 
and then obviously you go through another draft draft, but it, it really happened quite um, quickly. And then you, you know, you send it back and like, Hey, this doesn't work. Or can you, um, you know, elaborate on this or this or this or, um, but yeah, once, once that was accepted, it was like, okay, now we're talking, let's do this, let's do this. <laughs> and it was just a really, it was a, it was a cool thing to do. It was really fun. Um, it excited me and it, and it really tied in well um, with uh, the queen of the cicadas um, as in use utilizing Aztec mythology and having two separate goddesses. Um, so it was quite interesting how those two books came out at the same time. Then they were birthed at the same time. And now they are, they're kind of making their debut into the world at the same time. It is quite a beautiful thing. Nothing that I did not even plan it that way. I didn't expect it. I had no idea. I just, I said, all right, here we go. Let's do this. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like you said, it wasn't even planned, but no, like I, that's what I thought, because I read both of these, you know, fairly close to one another and they're both like they both have their own, you know, identities and like tones and things. But like you said, I felt like they meshed so well. And like, I didn't think it was like a coordinated thing, but I thought like, like, I don't know how to describe it, but I was like, there has to be like, even not intentional, like some kind of connection there. It was just a beautiful, emotional, uh, spiritual, honestly, um, experience. Both of them were, um, and, uh, I, 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 I could not have planned it better myself. I could not have orchestrated it myself. And that's where you just kind of get into that. Well, like, you know, that surrender to whatever is going to happen to whatever you write, you know, okay, there it is. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's put it out there. Let's see what happens. Um, and, and you get something like this happening and, and it's such a beautiful blessing. Yeah, I yeah, I can definitely see that. And, you know, it's kind of cool, like you said, that Goddess of Filth kind of, you know, just flowed out of you. And I never really thought about it before really starting this show, but like kind of hearing writers talk about their books um, and obviously, you know, they care about the books that they're releasing, but like when they have kind of like those special moments, like you had with goddess of filth, like I never really thought about it much until like, I heard that from multiple authors, but like, I feel like that often comes through like in the tone of the book as well. Mm. Um, Cause like, I, like when you were talking about, you know, how it flowed out of you and it was, you know, this great experience, like when I read Goddess of Filth, like it just, it had that same kind of energy, like to me as a reader. Oh, thank you. Honestly, to me, that is like, you just told me that was just like one sentence. And that is such a beautiful review. The fact that you felt that energy, you felt my energy, you felt the energy of, of the essence of it. And for me, that is like the the best compliment I can I could, I could receive. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, yeah. grateful for the opportunity because that's kind of, you know, you are giving some of your essence. You really are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I feel like that comes through a lot 
in both of these books. Um, and it was just, it was really cool to see and, you know, Thank kind you. of, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that was kind of cool to see, um, was that, you know, they're both kind of different relationships, but kind of with both queen of the cicadas and, you know, a little bit, it's a little bit more pronounced in goddess of, of filth is, you know, kind of the friendships that you've created, mm. um, you know, and that, that level of like camaraderie and goddess of filth, you know, it's the group of girls. And then in the other book, you know, it, it's a little bit more Hector and Belinda. And like, I thought mm. that was cool. Kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. Like most books that I've read, you know, there are some that have those elements, but like, it's kind of rare to kind of see like that general genuine friendship like between characters, you know, not necessarily that, you know, they just kind of hang out or whatever, but those kind of deep bonds. And it was cool to see you explore that, you know, with, if I may say so without spoiling it in the case of both books, like there's some, there's some genuinely like terrifying things. that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, um, the reason I, you know, people, and I I truly believe this, people come into our lives for a reason, okay? Mm -hmm. They're either going to stay, and they'll come and go, and then you'll pick up as if, you know, no time has gone by, or people come to teach you a lesson, some kind of lesson, you know, where we, we reflect things off of each other. And so, for me, um, you know, we are not alone in this world where we are connected. And I feel especially in trying times like now, connection is very important. And and, you know, we're seeing a lot of division and it is time that we just mm-hmm. connect. We try to connect. We ca- try to connect with ourselves first and then connect with others to, you know, for understanding. But, yeah, I, you know, I I'm just going off of how I feel about other people. For me, connection is important. Um, And also the appreciating, you know, the lessons I've learned from other people, even if it ended badly or it just was, you know, whatever it was, you've just learned things. You can look back and say like, well, I really learned this or um, and maybe you didn't learn it at the at the time. But you'll think of that person. You're like, wow, you know, this happened. Uh with so-and-so and it's happening again. Hmm. And so you can use those, those relationships and to see patterns and to reflect on your, your own behavior and your own identity and, and your bullshit. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, connection is important. And um, so, and especially in times of strife and trouble to have other people around, it's, I think some things we absolutely positively have to do on our own. Nobody can do it for us. But to know that there are people there, that's important. And sometimes you do need other people. So I just wanted to explore that. And because I do feel we're all connected and people come into our lives for a reason. Yeah, I, I, I definitely believe in that same kind of philosophy too and you know in the case of the books you know I felt like you did a good job of exploring that and also in kind of yeah and definitely in kind of 
like different ways, you know, like the girls, they were kind of friends, you know, for a very long time. They grew up together, you know, they each knew each other's secrets and things like that. And then on the other hand, with like Belinda and Hector, you know, you have two people who were going through a lot of things and that, you know, was definitely like more of that. They're both, you know, that everyone, everyone comes in your life for a reason, but theirs was kind of almost like a more cosmic thing and that they were both kind of going through some things. Um, and they totally randomly, you know, just made this deep, rich connection that was really cool to explore throughout, you know, the course of the book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was, again, it was, um, it was an interesting thing to write. Both of them, both of them, uh, both books taught me lessons about myself, um, and really stretched me personally. Um, but I'm just glad that, you know, people can get something out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting too. And, um, you don't have to go into like, deep specific but I always find it interesting like when authors you know the stories are a part of them um so like naturally there's some of that stuff going on there and like sometimes you might realize it sometimes you might not but I just find it interesting that you know like you had said when you were writing this that it kind of like had you thinking about like your own like things that were going on in your life and that you had learned stuff just through like this creative process, you know, that's kind of an interesting concept in that, like, maybe you hadn't really thought about it or, you know, what have you before, but just kind of going through that creative process, it kind of like opened up those, I don't know what the right word is for it. Uh, <laughs> reflections. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Myself. Well, I think, I think it, so for me, personally it pushed me in two ways it it helped they both helped me grow in two ways the first is the actual writing of it and kind of touching on those emotions those experience of of mine especially the one the book I've written recently that I'm uh, my it's not really a work in progress it's like a it's it's gonna find a home soon but um you know especially with Belinda her character you know, mm-hmm. just taking those raw spots inside your soul and squeezing them and seeing what comes out. And, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so that helped me grow to kind of look at those things inside of me as I was writing. I'm like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? <laughs> How was I feeling? Yeah. But also the actual process of publication that, you know, learning patience learning about surrender learning about uh validation learning about um uh, perseverance those are also big huge lessons that you learn in the publishing process because you do have require a lot of patience with yourself with others with everything so you know it's it's a two for me, writing is just helped me grow in so many ways and and enriched my life in so many ways because there are valuable lessons I've learned in both things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the 
publishing thing too you know that is something that's interesting like you said like in the back of your mind you kind of know those things already um but at least like for me like i've put a couple things out there and like even after speaking to other writers you know on the podcast and stuff and like knowing that that's something that you'll have to experience it still doesn't stop me from having like that anxiety of where i'm like okay I sub this. It's a week later. And I'm like checking my email 10 times. <laughs> yes. It's honestly, but that's where you just have to like take a deep breath and say, mm-hmm. it's out of your hand. You literally have to just say, it's not, I have zero fucking control over anything. And then if it's for a place that says like, oh, guess what? We've had 500, 1,000 submissions. Yeah. We'll see you in six months. You're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why, God? Or places that are like, uh, we don't accept simultaneous submissions. And you're like, then you really have to like dig in and say like, I, I whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to detach from this. I'm going to forget it exists. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go on my life. Um, But yeah, you've got to like, it's just, otherwise it's going to just shred your nerves. It's going to, you got to just let it go. You got to just forget about it and move on. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, just surrendering to the moment, to, to trusting what you've done. And, and if something does bounce back, just again, all right, it bounced back. Let me reread it. Is there something that can be fixed? Is there something uh, that maybe you're like, oh, wow, I didn't see that before. This would be, this could change this or that could do that. So I honestly feel like, you know, when rejection comes, like receive it with an open mind. Because if you flip it and you receive that rejection with an open mind, you don't know what could happen. Anything could happen. It could turn into anything. So don't, don't reject yourself with that rejection, but the waiting sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's another thing, you know, that's interesting. Isn't fucking Amazon. So (laughs) Amazon prime, you cannot Amazon prime anything in publishing. It doesn't exist. (laughs) that is definitely the truth but you know like your your positive mindset on the rejections you know that's that's one thing like i'm still trying to uh get the letting it go part under control but at least the rejection part like i've adopted that from an early an early spot in my journey because it's still early to begin with Mm -hmm. but um is that you know that's an, an like you can learn from it like you can't really see kind of you know if something works or doesn't work without kind of going through that like you might if you have some trusted beta readers or even if you know deep down but really until you kind of get it to the best point that you can get it and kind of put it out into the world whether it's through like an open call or submitting like a manuscript you really don't know. And if you take like a positive approach to it and say somebody, 
you don't always get that feedback from editors, um, you know, because especially with like short stories and things, cause they might have thousands. But if someone does kind of take the time to be like, you know what, this didn't work or this didn't work my own philosophy. And it sounds like it's kind of yours too, is that, you know, yeah, some of it, you might be like, I don't agree with that, but if you keep an open mind, maybe there are some things where you're yeah. like, you know what, I appreciate that. And now I can kind of, use that in my arsenal to, you know, make it better. And the next time I write something else, you know, I'll know to watch out for this and things like that. No, absolutely. You know, keeping an open mind in all things in life, that's really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of going a little off track, but I feel mm -hmm. like it's kind of good segue is um, the anthology that you edited, uh, Latinx screens with Cena uh, and Burial Day books. I was just kind of curious, you know, a little bit about the history of, you know, what made you decide that you wanted to um, edit an anthology? Uh, well, simply because there are so few Latino La Latinos, uh, Latinx writers in um, in horror or in any anthology for that matter. Um, so I was like, we need something just to, you know, just for us, just something. Um, and I, I wanted to call it Latinx screams. I don't know why. I just said, I would like that, you know, let us scream. Let us just, just say everything we fucking want to say. So, <clears throat> uh, because there is a lot of Latinx talent out there so much. And and we all we come from different communities. We come we speak different dialects. Um, you know, just there's so much talent in the various Latinx communities. So put it out there, and um, yeah, it went through a whole process. It had a you know different publisher and stuff went down. I don't feel the need to go into it, but yeah. um, it landed where it was supposed to and it was just again reading all the stories it was like this is so damn beautiful this is wow like all of these stories um there were so many there were more than i could choose so hopefully maybe one day i can do another one i would love to i'd love the opportunity to um do it again but it was uh yeah it just i, I the representation is important we needed that and um, mm -hmm. I wanted that. And that just the response was incredible. So, um, yeah, that's how it, it just, again, just seeing the lack of representation. And I think it was Toni Morrison who said, like, if, you know, if you don't see it, then write it, do it. If it's not there, do it, do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it kind it kind of sucks that you know, like you said, there's not that representation and it kind of like you have to do that, like, you know, create your own thing. But it's also kind of cool that you were able to do that and get that your vision out there, because like you said, I there's definitely a representation problem, you know, in all forms of media, not just, you know, literature. Um, but it's been cool lately to kind of see that change, whether it's, you know, publishers making a conscious effort to, you know, like kind of like with Rewind or Die um, and, you know, some other publishers are starting to do that or anthologies where 
people create them like you did with Latinx Screams. Um, and there's a couple others. I can't remember the exact titles, but, you know, like female body horror where it's all female writers and things like that. It's been cool to see that because, like, I've always been under the impression that, you know, representation matters. And it also opens you up to things that you might not have otherwise experienced and, you know, I'm not perfect. When I first started reading horror, you know, I kind of just went w- with with whatever was most visible. But, like, mm-hmm. as I started getting deeper in the community and things like that, like, I made a conscious effort of, you know, seeking out those sorts of books. And oftentimes, you know, whether it be the type of monsters or just the storytelling tone, you know, I would read some of these books and it would just blow my mind. Like, why are there not more people talking about these books or, you know, signing these books, you know, like not just big fives, but just in general? Yeah, it, again, it's just um, the more we know, the better equipped we are to make good decisions and the more we mm-hmm. um and I, I hate to use that word good decisions because, you know, it's, yeah. it's but I, in for, I think there is a lack of knowledge. There's a lack of understanding. And again, it goes back to we are all connected. We, you know, we have got to get back to trying to understand each other and to give each other basic fucking respect. OK, seeing yeah. just seeing each other as human beings, just honestly. Um, so. And that's that's what Latinx Screams is about. Like, hey, you don't know anything about this culture. Well, here you go. You know, yeah, it's you will only your life will become richer the more you open your mind and your heart to other people. You know, open your heart and your mind to their stories, to where they're coming from instead of being afraid of them, you know, um. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, and and same with women, you know, instead of um, just putting in them in in boxes of what they can or cannot do or who they have these preconceived notions of who they are and how they should write and what they should write. Um, just read their fucking stories and 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 open your mind and heart. So that's that's kind of what I was I, I was trying to say in a like a roundabout. Way. Oh, no, <laughs> no, you said it way better than I ever could. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I and I, I agree with you 100 um, percent. And, you know, especially like seeing things like that, you know, like you had said, like putting women in these boxes and telling them what they can or can't do. You know, I have. I have a little daughter and, you know, she, she loves spooky stuff and I try and encourage that, you know, as much as I can. Um, but like, you know, sometimes people find out that she likes that stuff and, you know, she's little, she's four, you know, who knows, she might grow out of it or this might be like the start of a lifelong passion. But sometimes people will be like, why do you, why do you like that stuff? Like, why can't you like princess stuff or like pink stuff and I'm like mm. she can whatever she wants <laughs> yeah exactly exactly just like you know women can write whatever the hell they want where we are 
like individuals mm-hmm. were sovereign beings. Again, just give it a fuck it attitude. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. write what you want. Like that's when women are ask me, well, what, any writing advice? Yeah. Fuck it. Write what you want. <laughs> that's, that's great advice. And I, you know what? I love, I love that like title of it too. The fuck it attitude. That's perfect. Yeah. That it's, it's really will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, kind of editing that anthology, I wasn't sure, um, it, was it like an open call situation yeah. or a kind of yeah. mixture of like you had friends? Both. Okay. Both. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, what, what was it like, you know, cause I'm always fascinated by writers who are also editors and, you know, kind of their experiences with it. And sometimes you know, there is some overlap, sometimes there isn't, but I was wondering, like, going through kind of those submissions, mm-hmm. was there anything that you kind of took away that, like, helped you as a writer that you feel like maybe, like, just added, like, another element to, like, either your process or kind of the way you approach writing? Um, Yeah, Absolutely. Because, you know, when you're doing your own writing, for example, one thing that I struggle with and I don't even mean to do it, but um, is like repeating words. Oh, you yeah. Read, and you just like you will just not see it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. How did I not? You're just like, how did I not see that? <laughs> um, yeah. So things like that, you're like, oh, that that's and then you're like, I do that, too, though, when you get back stuff from other editors so you see that and it's it's just a human thing again um but that's where you have to keep an open mind um but yeah it was an open call and I wanted it to be open because I wanted that like there's so much talent out there and I wanted to also give writers who may have not had their first story published or who were just kind of um finding their feet new voices to say, yes, you are welcome. Come here. Let me read your story. I want your story. Your voice has value. Your story has value. Um, so it was, I liked just reading them and, and seeing where everybody, you know, reading their bios, where are they from, uh, where are their parents from, um, where do they live? Not in a creepy way. Where do you live? <laughs> you know? Just like, just, it was just great to see all of that. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I loved it. It was, and, and I have never edited anything in my life. It was just kind of like, you see a need, you see something that would be cool to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always do. I keep an open mind. If I get an idea, I want to do something. I'm like, okay, I have this idea. I have something I, I want to pursue or I want to explore. I don't think, or I try not to, I'm, I'm much better at it now, um, but I, I try to avoid the step 10 when I'm at step one. So, like, I'll explore mm-hmm. the idea. I don't, I don't try to go to step 10 of, oh, well, this person going to say or that person going to say or what if I get this closed door or that doesn't happen or da-da-da-da. I just do it. You just think, like, okay, obviously, if something shuts a door or it can't happen, then you're like, okay, that's a sign. It's not going to happen. Uh, walk away or put it on pause. You know, there's nothing wrong with pausing things. Or just things things slip through the cracks. I mean, it happens, especially with the pandemic. 
a lot of shit uh, sl- slipped through the cracks for a lot of people. And you just had to like say, okay, I can't do this or I can't manage it. I have to pause it. I have to step away. That's fine. Like that, that is okay. But unless something like that happens, I try not to limit myself. So I had never edited anything, but I wasn't going to say just because I've never done it before. I have not done it before. I wasn't going to limit myself, say I can't do it. No, I haven't done it before, but now I can and I will. And I did. So um, it was a great thing. Yeah, and and that's awesome. And you know, kind of and def not kind of, it definitely is like inspiring because I feel like you know, so many times people, whether it's, you know, writing their first story or like you said <clears throat> editing an anthology, so many times and I'm guilty of this as much as the next person, if not more so. Like sometimes you think a little bit too much about it and you mm-hmm. kind of like restrict yourself right out of the gates of to the point where you're almost like well why even do it well watch this space because all this advice everything i'm telling you now i'm writing it all down and it's going into a little special something for everyone so you're hearing it first but it's going into something that i am not talking about yet (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um, I, I can't wait to see what it is. Um, and I you heard it here first on Inkheist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank you for that because, you know, it sounds so exciting and like all the things that you've kind of mentioned, you know, as far as like advice or even mindsets, like it's, it's, and it's cool because you're coming at it from such a positive place. It's not like you said, like some of those things where it's like, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that. It's more of like a positive approach of, you know, don't tell yourself you can't do these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you said, the fuck it attitude. Just you don't know until you try. You know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, yeah. you know, don't or limit just yourself. Or to be on before. pause, you know? Yeah. Just... Yes. So I, th- I, f- I think that's a pretty cool message. And I can't wait to see uh the secret project or thing that uh, <laughs> is going to have it in there uh, yes well I've got like a million little pots simmering at the moment so <laughs> that's awesome um, and you know I wanted to ask you too um, we kind of touched on you know the anthology and um, goddess of filth but I also wanted to talk to you a little bit of about queen of the cicadas um which I read that, and uh, I think I was telling Shane the other day, like, I was just totally blown away. Oh, like, thank I, you. I, anytime. Like, I, I was a, the first thing I read was uh, Hairspray and Switchblades, and I was a fan then. And, like, I don't know what it was about this book in particular, but, like, um, like, this is kind of just an inside working of my mind. Like when I review something or we have guests on the show, I always like highlight chapters out of the book, um, like on my Kindle or whatever. And that's how I, that's how I could tell, like when I really love something is when like, you know, you kind of flick back through and like almost like whole pages just have like these highlights on them. (laughs) I was just kind of curious, you know, what inspired you with uh, 
queen of the cicadas like kind of what was the impetus of the idea for that story well um I'm Mexican-American, and I'm from Texas, and my great-grandparents were uh, farm workers, migrant farm workers, um, and, uh, and I do have receipts, because I know there's, like, all, a lot of people are, like, trying to catch people out about, like, or mm-hmm. not lying about stuff. I have receipts, <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Uh, um, yeah, it just, there was a lot of buzz around Candyman at the moment. I think it was just announced, like, Jordan Peele was doing it. And and I was like, oh, fuck, we could read. I love Candyman. But obviously, it it's not written, it it's not written from the black perspective. And, um, and there was, you know, so it was really exciting. And I was thinking, like, oh, man, I'd love to do, like, a Latinx Candyman or because I've grown up with a lot of urban legend and I I've, mm-hmm. am really into the Aztec mythology. And I was thinking about um, my youth, stuff I was going through inside. And I just, it was like the perfect storm. And I just sat down and I just like cried my eyes out while I wrote, <laughs> uh, which typically happens. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then uh, it was mostly done, and then American Dirt was released, and then I was like, you know, pissed off, and then I wrote some more, not crying, <laughs> uh, but angry, and uh, mm-hmm. there you go, there, there it is. Then it was a book. Yeah, and you know, you had mentioned Candyman, and you know that it's funny you said that because that's I like I didn't really know the backstory of that particular novel um, beforehand, Queen of the Cicadas. But that was like the main thing that I thought of was kind of like the similarities to that, um, and the uh, you know kind of almost like I was like oh you know it kind of seems a little bit like a Clive Barker influence in there. So it was kind of cool to hear that, but. Um, you know, also just kind of like the approach, like, you know, you don't like kind of the way you handled it is it's got like this really, you know, it's got the supernatural element to it, which I've said a million times. And I swear I'm not trying to like over flatter you with compliments, oh. but um, like some of the scenes in there and just the way you did them and even like the uh, Aztec Goddess of Death, which isn't a spoiler because it was in the synopsis. I made yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is uh, the way you portrayed her and stuff and just like the imagery. Like I'd never, there's very, very few things that I have read like that um, oh, and seen. Wow. So you. I thought that was... Yeah, I thought those were excellent. I can't wait for everyone to read them, but every you know, single agent rejected it. Every single one. <laughs> they're they're absolutely crazy. Like, but it yeah, went to the pe- right place. <laughs> absolutely, and you know, people have like, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I don't know why it was rejected, but I'll just say that they were crazy because I Thank loved you. it. It was brilliant. Yep. And the other half of the book, kind of going over. Um, Milagro, I think that was her name. Milagros, um, yeah. Yeah, Milagros. Like her story too. 
you know, you kind of have this balance of like, you know, supernatural things and, you know, the, you, you have like this human element, which her story was like incredibly heartbreaking. And, you know, I got so angry at everyone in there. <laughs> I, I can't really say much more because like I don't want to give anything away, but kind of like as things unfold, mm-hmm. like I was definitely for Milagros. Um, yes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I just felt it was interesting, that kind of balance. And also again without getting too deep into it to ruin it like when i first like heard these you know just reading the synopsis you kind of expect them to go one way and you expect you know evil to show up in one way but you kind of take it and you kind of put your own twist on it to where Mm -hmm. it's not what you think at first glance and i thought that was really cool and i was wondering you know granted like you said you didn't have like a plan but um, like you don't pre-plan these things out like, oh, I'm going to get them with this twist. But, you know, when you were writing these kind of what did you kind of think about that? Like you kind of wanted to show that, like, you know, the evil isn't always necessarily what you see at first. You know, like, again, it's hard to kind of ask you that question no, without absolutely. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, absolutely. Um, because to a certain extent, you there is this like righteous anger, okay? Mm-hmm. You, there you can have righteous anger, and sometimes that anger is needed for real change. I mean, look what's happened, you know, with Black Lives Matter. We need to get angry, um, you know. There has to be, a, you know, the violence against women. Yes, we need to be angry about it. We need to bring up those emotions, we have to speak, we have to say enough is fucking enough. And for me, that's why, um, and other people say like, oh my God, look at those rabble rousers, look at that, look at this, look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? No, this, you if you've got something to say, say it and um, uh, demonstrate it and um, speak your truth. So for me, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, what you call evil, I could call something else. But we're going to meet in the middle in this story and we're going to see what it is. We're going to examine it. We're going to look at it. We're going to smell it. We're going to breathe it. We're going to all of it. We're going to ingest it um, and we're going to let it nourish us and expand our minds. And we're going to take what we can from it um because again you know all that shit with american dirt Mm -hmm. i'm (laughs) it just had me like feeling all kinds of ways and who am i i'm just kind of like here in my house like i couldn't do anything but i could write and i could express myself and i could wipe my tears away and i could keep trying um sorry that's okay. I could keep persevering, and I did. And that's the most important thing that anybody can do in this life. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> so, um, that's for me. That was the biggest um thing I want 
people to take from that book, both the process of it being published, but also the content is fucking resilience and perseverance. Because if you can dig into those two things, no matter what your circumstance, you're going to be all right. You're going to see the sunrise. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay. and no, no, you're fine. And I, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, I know, I know it's not easy. Um, you know, I could never begin to say that, you know, I know what it's like, but I, I remember around that time, uh, that time period, you know, like with American dirt and things like that and kind of seeing how it affected writers who, you know, felt hurt by, what happened with that but and you know like it it hurt a lot but like you said i'm i'm glad that you wrote this book and that you know it helped you and you know like it's like you said it showed like resiliency and i think people that read this book i think that's really going to resonate with them um because you know it resonated with me you know the emotion that thank you, put you into thank that you book. yeah <laughs> Obviously, it still makes me emotional. Oh, yeah. um, But it's still fresh. You know, it's still kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, it's it's March, and it's not even out till June. So anything can happen between now and then. So we'll see. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. just really happy to kind of uh, see it all blossom and, uh, yeah, just see where my next novel goes, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a great book. I, I really can't Thank stress you. that enough. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I always feel weird and like, I know people are like, you know, if you're talking to an author that you like and admire, tell them those things. But I always feel mm. weird at the same time. Cause I'm like, I don't want to overdo it. Like, you no, know, no, no, no. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, yeah. I, I, I receive all of your, your, um, your compliments and your feedback. I, I receive it with, you know, an open heart. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I just, yeah. I'm just glad that it can, it can mean something to someone, you know, I'm, that's, that's, that's yeah. all I can ask for. So I, it is appreciated. Thank you. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of like you said with, um, with Candyman, um, you know, I was reading this and I was like, I really hope that someone contacts her and like wants to make this into a movie because I feel like it would be a great movie I mean it's an excellent book and it's fine as you know its own thing but I think it would be really cool to see someone make a movie out of this book I I I do too (laughs) yes so um call me (laughs) Uh, my (laughs) inbox is open uh yeah 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 I I would love to see someone buy the film TV rights. It could be a series. Um, there's enough in there to make it as a series. It, I, I am open-minded, Absolutely. putting it out there in the universe, sending all the vibes. I am ready for it to be a film. Yeah, that that would be awesome. And, um, you know, kind of, I, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but you mentioned... Uh, like you had you placed uh, Queen of the Cicadas with Flame Tree, yeah. and you know 
this is a very personal book for you. And um, I was just kind of curious, you know, how did you meet up with Flame Tree? And what, like Flame Tree, a lot of people may or may not know, like it's its own thing, but a lot of people, a lot of writers have gone to Flame Tree, I think in part because they have shown kind of that they care about the horror genre and also their editor, Don Dioria, like he's worked with a lot of people from leisure and I didn't, I don't know if Don was the editor for your book. Um, yeah, he was. Don is amazing. Yeah. I really love Don. He's, I have so much respect for him. He's really so super understanding, easygoing, super chill with that's like redundant, but yeah, <laughs> he's all <laughs> these amazing things. <laughs> um, and uh yeah so i i just was like okay i'm going to i'm going to go for flame tree uh, just cold emailing and he got back with me like with a quickness which was wonderful and um and that was it and i was like yeah let's go for it and uh so and at the same time uh yeah he, they also uh took on board my short story collection mestiza blood which will be coming out in November with them. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was just, yeah, it, it went to the right place. And I, I am so grateful that it went there um, because it was, it's was it been such a great experience. And same with Goddess of Filth. You know, it was, it's been wonderful working with Creature, Amanda and Olivia. So I, I've, I feel just yeah everything's worked out the way it should and all the people I've worked with on short stories you know I've made so many amazing connections um so all the editors I've ever worked with have just been wonderful I I'm very very fortunate that I've had nothing but great experiences with m people yeah and that and that's awesome like you said you know like you said a little bit earlier with creature um, publishing and all of that is, you know, like kind of the importance of finding a, a, not just like a good editor, but like an editor that you're able to connect with because, you know, I've never worked with an editor, especially on a long form project or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I would imagine it becomes a very, like intense relationship while you're working on it because you know you're both like putting in a lot of time to you know shape this book to like its final stage um so yeah it's not really a question but just kind of like a comment mm -hmm. on how it must be important because you know you're trusting them with something that you know is yeah. part of you and oh, then absolutely. in turn they want to help you oh yeah so it was um yeah, it, actually, it was quite relaxed. There, were, it was really relaxed working with um, Flame Tree and Creature. But um, again, I think it's because you know we we vibe. We're all relaxed people. And mm -hmm. uh, again, when I got edits back, I had an open mind. You know, I can humble myself and say I don't always know what's best. Obviously, if something in my gut, something in my heart is like, no, I, this is like I this means something and but for the most part it was kind of like okay yeah you know I could I can get with that or I I see that um but yeah you know again open mind to what's there in front of you and um 
so it was a very relaxed experience as well yeah and th- and that's kind of what i meant like you know it's intense but like the fact that you guys got along so well that yeah. has to like help a whole lot absolutely um but yeah that you know and that's awesome that they also picked up your uh, short story collection as mm-hmm. well um i don't know how much you want to get into the, you know what like maybe just like oh, a I little love it. Kind of I just love it. I, I know that's I have to say I do love that collection. It was like there's so many it's it's a mix of all the tales I grew up in Texas hearing. So it has a lot of heart. A lot of heart. So I am super excited about that. And and what makes it even more exciting and something I'll write about more, you know, saying all these mindsets and writing advice stuff um uh one thing that really really made me feel good and warm my heart was the fact that you know standard industry is like oh short story collections don't really sell a lot of places don't mm-hmm. accept collections blah 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 so i kind of went in with it like to, with this like fear oh my gosh i'll never you know get this out and it happened you know so again overcoming not limiting myself before I even started and here it is it's going to be out in November which I'm super psyched about yes same here I'm definitely looking forward to it um it sounds great and especially like you said if it's kind of like stories that kind of were like you know part of where you grew up and you know part of who you are Mm -hmm. I can already tell that you know without even knowing kind of what the stories are about, like whether they're supernatural or deal with this or deal with that, like just that alone uh, makes me pretty excited to read it. Oh, well, I can't wait for you to read it. And, um, you know, I, I, cause I assume this kind of ties into that a little bit. Um, cause you said there were stories from where you grew up there. Um, there was also a little bit, bit of an you know urban legend kind of uh you know local mythology thing going on with queen of the cicadas um i was just wondering you know growing up were there any urban legends that stick out to you like maybe your favorite one? Oh god there are so many well one that will be in the uh um in the collection it's about the 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 devil who danced with a woman in a, de- a in a bar um and uh it's an actual place where supposedly this happened but i take kind of the whole concept of of you know the devil going into this bar and sweeping this woman off her feet and they're dancing they're having a good time and she looks down and his his feet are hooves and all this you know <laughs> so i've taken i've kind of taken that story and and made it my own um obviously i i you know yeah i don't want to say too much but it's um yeah i i did some crazy stuff with that one that's why i guess i enjoyed it so much it was fun to write yeah that's awesome i've i've always kind of loved that and i you know now you know i don't know how it would how it would fit in the most episodes but i almost kind of wanted to ask every writer that question um because people come from you know the guests we've had have come from all over the u.s um some come from the uk some from canada like i always loved that sort of 
like urban legend or kind of like that, you know, thing that, you know, every like town or community, it seems like has like that thing, whether it's a spooky ghost story or, yeah, you know, did or something like that. No. Yeah. And it fascinates me. It, it does. And I, I want to see more of that because there are so many tried and tired uh, tropes out there. Let's like yeah. liven it up. Who says like we can't write about this, that, or the other? Just like again, fuck it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. What your the, te- the the stories your grandma was telling you. You you know, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter how weird it is. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah, and if sometimes it's weird, those... <laughs> write it. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's those weird ones, you know, they end up uh they end up coming out like really interesting, like you said, just because they're so different. And um, like you said, people shouldn't be discouraged by the fact that they think it's weird. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one thing that I wanted to ask you about um too is I had I had seen it kind of going around uh the Twitter verse or whatever people call mm-hmm. it these days about yes. um, dream horror novelizations. And uh, I can't, I, I'm pretty sure it was Brian Keene. He yeah, had tagged, Brian. yeah, he had tagged you as um to do a Fright Night one. Yes. And then I saw that you uh, responded Woo! and I was, just, <laughs> I was just curious, you know, what was, What's like kind of your relationship with Fright Night? And it said you had like an idea and you don't have to give away the idea, but were you looking to maybe just put like a whole new spin on it? Or I would just like, love to do like uh, the Latinx version of, of Fright Night. I, everything I do, I'm like, can we just have some like Latinas in the lead? Can we just like yeah. put something in there with, you know, I just want to like throw my own flavor in there. Um, uh yeah just like let's let's take it elsewhere which i kind of did with um said the sangre which was like a little taster i sometimes will put like little um just teasers out there like when i've put my free short stories on fright girl summer um but said mm-hmm. the sangre which is on amazon it's just like three really short stories it's um you can read it in like half an hour so i kind of did that i did the latinx kind of fright night in said the sangre totally different but um not the same story like oh the young kid lives at home but, but those like vampires the yeah. same with maria the wanted like the, the latinx vampires but as far as fright night yeah i would love to do it with like um like switch it up and have like a woman uh, like in fright night 2 it was a woman um mm-hmm. but i would love to do do something different. I don't know, but I didn't have an idea. I don't have an idea, but I, I just like, uh, yes, taking those kind of uh, stories and, and making it our own, making it my own really. Yeah. And I would definitely read that. Um, because like you said, so many times, you know, and it, it's fine. I don't, uh, I don't, I hope the listeners don't get too mad with me, but like sometimes when they remake uh, movies, let's say, like say they remake Friday the 13th or they remake, you know, whatever, like sometimes it's almost like at least when they start, they just kind of reboot it, but like set it in the future, <laughs> like, or like yeah. the 
day. Like, it would be cool to kind of see, like, these franchises, like, instead of doing, like, a reboot where it's basically the same as the first movie just now, like, if they took some of those core concepts, but then just, like, gave them the filmmakers Mm -hmm. who kept those tenets, but then just, like, went completely wild with it. Yeah, so, again, like, I really don't like when they do reboots and it's just like as you said (laughs) they redid it because i'm sorry i love the fucking 80s uh 90s thing with films like fright night in the 80s you cannot touch the hair you cannot touch (laughs) the special effects you cannot touch the actors i mean they are just all fucking perfect in those roles you cannot touch fright night but what you can do is do a Fright Night kind of universe and make it in the same universe and go a little... Because I do not need to see another fucking reboot of a reboot <laughs> of a re-fucking boot. No. Yes. Make it in the same universe with, like, different characters and in a different setting. Yeah. But don't just, like, rehash the characters. But you cannot touch those 80s. Like, you cannot touch... Um, like Lost Boys, I'm sorry. Like if you even try to do the exact same story now and Lost Boys, it's gonna lose what makes it the Lost Boys. You're gonna yeah. lose it. So I like don't touch my babies. Just make it in the same universe. Yeah. So I, like, I think that's like a make good the Frog idea. Brothers like 60 years old owning the the shop, and then it's like the next generation. Do something like that. Yeah, that that would be cool. And, you know, hopefully, which I doubt it because I highly doubt anyone from Hollywood is listening to our show. But I hope that somebody hears it and it somehow gets passed up the chain and maybe they'll start doing things like that with those. Well, (laughs) honestly, everybody send me your prayers, light your candles, burn some Palo Santo. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that that would be cool. And then, um, you know, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just had um, one of my own questions. Yeah, sure. Go and uh, also two from my daughter, actually, Aww. because she knows that I do this show. So I'll uh, I'll kind of wrap things up with those. But the last one that I had was, I believe you're going to have a story in an upcoming anthology uh the bad book i believe yes. is that right <laughs> yes yes yeah that's going to be an interest I, I i'm actually you know i try not to like you know like i said try to forget about things but i'll be interested to see how people receive this story because it's really weird and it's really like what is she huh <laughs> <laughs> I think people are going to be like, okay. Um, but it was just something I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it uh, I, I wrote it actually a few weeks before the whole incident with the Capitol building. And I was like watching it like, shit, why did I, I didn't even, I wrote this story and then I'm watching the Capitol building thing and I'm like, oh God. Okay, I'm going to keep writing it. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about the story. It's the house that be- demons built. 
Oh, that's that's a cool title. Mm-hmm. And so um, the edits are back. I cannot wait. That comes out in the summer, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that that's so cool. Um, that, that whole idea um is really intriguing. Uh, John, he's he's great. Um, I love but, Taff. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is. He he's so nice. Um. And, you know, supportive. I've, he's like one of the first people that I met um, that really gave me the time of day. Like when I started reviewing um, horror fiction, you know, I think he was like the third or fourth post back when I ran the horror mm. bookshelf. Um, but as far as the story being weird, I'm sold already because nothing, (laughs) (laughs) nothing excites me more. Like I like when authors, you know, they have fucking deep end on this one. You're like, oh lord, (laughs) I'll I'll love it. Lost her mind. (laughs) I'll love it because I love when authors, you know, like sometimes you'll see it where an author, it's not that they're writing the same thing, but they kind of have like this voice and you come to go into their books almost with kind of like a certain expectation almost like, you know, it's going to be a new book, but you kind of feel like you have a sense of, you know, their style or whatever. Yeah. Love when authors kind of like do a complete like 180 from that. And like, you know, you'll be like going into a story expecting one thing. And that's one of my favorite things is when Mm. there's an author that I feel like I know and then they just kind of like slap me across the face with something I didn't even see coming, whether it be like a different style choice or a different tone. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Okay, well, good. Yeah, then you are in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, so I just have, like I said, two quick questions from uh, my daughter. She's four. Um, cool. She. Uh, she wants to know what your favorite monster is. It could be, you know, a traditional monster or any kind of monster. Vampire. Vampires. Awesome. Yeah. Always. <laughs> and then the other one is she wants to know what, because she loves reading uh, spooky books. Like I've yeah. read her in a dark, dark room like me. Yes, I loved that. A million times. I loved <laughs> yeah. that. Oh. And she wants to know what your favorite scary book is. <laughs> or well, scary, if that's easier, that you've read. Uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Hello. That's Those I'll ones sure. are excellent. Yes. Come on. That was like my, that is what I grew up on. I loved it. That really, um, yeah, that was where it all started. So I have to say that. Awesome. Yeah, that was one of my uh, early ones, too. Um, So (laughs) go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it should be required reading in schools. (laughs) I agree. I agree for sure. That and in a dark, dark room. I love that. Uh, but yeah, um, before we, uh, before I let you go, um, you know, we've touched on a lot of your upcoming projects, but is there, is there anything else that you, um, you know, want to either announce or just anything you want to leave the listeners with? Um, Uh, 
yeah, just Fright Girl Summer. Guys, we want your submissions. www.frightgirlsummer.com short stories, essays, anything. And, you know, you know, I'm a woman of color. So, I mean, we are all about with Sonora Taylor, another author, amazing author. Yeah. uh, Amplifying women from marginalized communities. Please come visit the site. We have tons of free short stories. We want to uh, boost your books. We want to help you out. Just like message us and we will do what we can to help you out. Or if you're a reader and you're like, I really want to diversify my reading, go on to the website and there is a ton of stuff um, there for you. Reading lists, everything you can imagine, short stories, you know, lots of new authors, you you know, that you should know. Um, so, yeah, go check that out. And Queen of the Cicadas, June. And Goddess of Filth, we are now in, like, the running stretch. So, please, you guys, pre-order Goddess of Filth. Um, it's actually the April Nightworms package thing. So, oh, cool. if you're in Nightworms, you're going to get Goddess of Filth. Otherwise, it's out March 30th. Um, tag me in all your cool photos on Instagram. I'm at VLatinaLondon on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, uh, goddess, goddess of filth, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all my readers, everybody who's listening, uh, reviewers. Like, so much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and yeah, so sorry for crying. <laughs> uh, no, don't, don't worry about it, Violet. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show oh, today. My pleasure, um, my, my pleasure. And- and for just for sharing your experiences, um, yeah, your stories, absolutely. and also, and also, you know, your positivity. Um, Thank you. You know, I already admired you as a writer, but I also admire the positivity that you put out there, whether it be oh, for things like Girl Summer or just in general. And you're thank definitely you. welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'll I'll take you up on that when Mestiza but Blood when we're getting ready for that. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. And uh, I know Shane will definitely want to be here for that one. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so awesome. Thanks again, Violet. Thank and you. Bye, everybody. You know, bye. Having Hope you kisses. have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Is somebody going to hang the fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs>